First um, Corinthians 10 and verse 13, if you dare say amen. So listen to what it says. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, anthropos, man, human beings, homo sapiens. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, watch quickly, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So I want to read it in the way that it should be read. The word temptation there, it's not really the word that is in the original text. In the original text, the word that is used there is the word experiment or experience. Experiment or experience. Let me read it again. No experience or experiment has overtaken you except what everyone else is experimented on. Everyone is going through an experience and an experiment. We might not always be going through the same experiences, but your experience determines your capacity, which determines your destiny. And um, although we are fully, uh, from birth, and let me throw this in here, from birth you are fully developed to be who you need to be. It is the contamination of this world that puts us off focus. It is all of the temptations and lust and, and uh, proclivities and all those things that pulls you away from who you originally are. Um, if babies, who's the youngest child in this place today? The Zoomers, if, if Queen, is a Queen Zuma, right? Uh, Princess Zuma, uh, Princess Zuma, sorry, you Queen Zuma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if when Princess Zuma was born, her soul knew everything that she needed to know. It is in growing up and it is in the guards and perimeters that we set up in teaching kids to be careful. They do not exercise their soul to become who their soul know, as David says, very well. So watch quickly. So it says there's no experience or experiment. No experience or experiment has overtaken you. It has not overtaken you that is common to man. Every man, it's common to man to go through tests and experiences and trials. In this world, you will have tribulation. You will have it. And the tribulation and the trial is not to kill you. It is to show you your capacity. The very thing that you... Going through is a clue in terms of what you have to be. And if you always attacked in the area of money, money is in your destiny. I'm preaching to another church. If you're always being tested in the area of property, property is in your destiny. People who do property have property problems. People who do money, they've got money problems. So watch quickly, no temptation has overcome, or, or no experiment or experience has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you go through an experience beyond what you can bear. In other words, the capacity of your life is, is limited by the experiences God put you through. He won't squeeze you beyond the membrane of what you are supposed to birth out of. God won't push you so far that you get completely out of your destiny. Watch quickly. Your capacity is set by God. 
Your capacity is set by God. Your limitations is set by you. I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm, I'm not busy teaching. I'm still reading the text, but I'm going to give you an example. If I have a liter bottle, the capacity of the bottle is only a liter. I can't pour more water into a bottle than a liter. But I can pour it half. So we set the limits and God sets the capacity. And most of the time, our limits is under His capacity. Let, let, me, let me read it in the Jerome Camphor edition. No experience have overtaken you except what every man goes through. Right? And God is, watch quickly, He's faithful. In other words, it's the word pistos. He's the final authority. The devil didn't give it and the devil cannot take it away. We're giving way too much credit to the devil for things that he has no value and power over. He says God is the final authority. You need to understand that when you go through a trial, stop rebuking the devil. Start probing God. Not what is the devil doing to me, what is God saying to me? Because every experience that you're going through is an ear opener. Have you ever gone to the ENT and they clean out your ears? It's, it's an amazing feeling. feel like having my ears clean now. Every time you go through an experience, it's God cleaning your ear. And He's trying to get you to focus and understand what He's trying to do. It says God is faithful. He's the final authority. He will not let you go through an experience beyond what you can bear. But when you go through your experience, He will provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now watch quickly. I read this thing. I've been up since 4 o'clock this morning. I read this thing and it blew my mind. Amanda, you know when we read the scripture, it's like you're not going to go through stuff that's going to break you. God's going to make a way out for you so that you can Escape the thing. No, no, no. He's not saying I'm making a way of escape. I'm making a way so you can see yourself out of this thing. Let me, let, let me read it. Let me read it. Let me read it. And God, and he will, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. He's not providing a way out. He's providing endurance in the situation for you to deal with the situation. Everyone's looking for a way out and a bailout. I was thinking this morning about a few stories. I'm going to be an hour long today. I haven't preached in a long time. You know, um, I don't know what year it was. Pastor Sean, Pastor Josephine, Pastor Amanda, they will probably remember. But we had a church in Lansdowne. And um, I just started out on TV. I was the first person of color to go on TV, on Christian TV. I was the first person of color to go on Christian TV every week. And so we had this guy that came in and he would record for us. His name is Phil. So we used him. He's an ex-ETV uh, um, and a, a BBS person. And we, we hired him to do recordings for us. And so I'm doing a series on faith. The very first series that I preach was a series on faith. And after service, I go to the back of the church and there's a tall man standing there and I greet him and I said to him, oh, I didn't see you in the service. And, um, and he said, no, I, I've been here, I've been watching you preach. 
And I said, did you enjoy the message? And he said, really great message on faith. And I said, well, come back next week. And he said, after I speak to you today, you might not want me to come back next week. And he took a document out. He says, um, I came to repossess your BMW. On a Sunday, while I'm preaching on faith. This guy came to repossess my car on a Sunday. Now I can give you all reasons why. That, that, that's not the issue. Here's the thing. I lost my car. I said to him, please have the decency to let the people go. Anyway, he took my car to have it cleaned, and it's still not cleaned. <laughs> he took my car, Prince. The embarrassment, and you know, when, we, when you're young, you're in ministry, you think you've arrived, you're starting to make it some areas, and things go wrong. You don't understand these things. One Sunday night, another story. I'll make a point. One Sunday night, we come home from church. I don't know what this thing is that the repossession devil works on a Sunday. <laughs> we come home. I had a beautiful house, a, a, a five-bedroom house, three lounges, a 1,700 square meter plot in, uh, what was it, Panati Estate, right? Panati Estate. Beautiful house. Like a big house for a colored guy. So we come back from church, right? So I pull up to church and Darren says, Daddy, are we having a crusade at home? I said, why? He said, there's a poster on the wall. Sailing execution. <laughs> I, I'm telling you this because I'm talking about capacity. Because there's no growth without pain. And there's no pain without loss. Sometimes we have to look at what we lost and thank God for our losses. I don't know who has to hear this message today, but you might have lost things where God was trying to build capacity in you. The perimeters of your capacity is not set by your giftedness. You will never explore your full capacity by just being cute and gifted. Not everyone can be cute and gifted like Hilton. You exercise your capacity muscle by going through pain. Do you know there's not a single story in the Bible, not a single one, where somebody came to the position of greatness without going through pain and loss. I'm always going to walk into a luxury car dealership and do a deal. You know why? Because the fear of losing does not exist in me when it comes to cars anymore. And the only reason why that muscle was exercised is because one Sunday the big preacher was preaching on God TV in front of a crowd and there was, I don't know how many, they said 40 something million people, whatever it was, that was watching my program. The bottom line is it was a repossession of a car that built a muscle in me, not a TV screen. Yes, Amen. Come on. Man, you can have 5,000, 20,000 followers 
on Facebook or social media. You can have the best social circles. You can have the best kind of money. But I'm telling you, unless you deal with pain and loss, you have not grown capacity. And I want to say thumbs up to all of the good losers in this place because God is building a capacity that is greater than you've ever seen in your entire life. If the loss is great, the capacity is great. The only thing we have to do is we have to endure till the end. He said, I'm not going to make this, this loss. I'm not going to make this pain kill you. I will make a way in you so that you can endure every bit of loss. Oh, I don't know who I came to preach to this morning. But you see what God has been doing. You say, why does this happen to me every time? Every time it happens to you, you're getting stronger. Every time it happens to you, you're growing mightier. And you say, this thing that used to put me in depression in the past, it cannot keep me in depression anymore. I don't know who I can to preach to today but I came to speak to a person that has lost so much and he said God have you forsaken me and God says look at yourself you're not even crying about the things you used to cry for anymore I built a muscle in you I built capacity in you if you can't lose big you can't gain big the level of your loss determines the capacity that is designed for you. I was looking for trouble. I was looking for the next deal to break me. And I was looking for the two million deal to break me so I can push through to a three million level. And then that three million has to get me to crying and going into depression and begging God, where are you? But when God breaks you there and you get up and say, this three million is nothing. I can go for the five million thing. And now all of a sudden, a few years ago, we did a, a, a conference that cost us four to five million. And I'm looking at that thing. And I'm sitting in the States and I'm saying, I'm done with conferencing. I'm done. And God said, I didn't build this muscle in you for you to be done. Now I want you to take the nations. I want, you, you took uh, 7,000 there and 14,000 there. How about 100,000 people? I came to somebody that don't know why you dream what you're dreaming. You say, God, I'm confused. I don't know why I get these big dreams in a small place. And God said, the place must be small, but the capacity is huge. Say yes, somebody. Shout yes, somebody. Shout capacity. Shout again, capacity. Let me say a few things and I'll go to scripture. The capacity of your promise is equal to the capacity of your pain. Everyone wants a big vision. Everyone wants a flashy destiny. But can you take the pain that your capacity is married to? Capacity is not a single entity. It comes with a partner called pain. I want to have my own business. Can you deal with the pain of having your own business? 
You're now no longer a slave where they tell you what time to come, what time to have tea, what time to have lunch, what time to go home. You're now your own boss. You have to tell other people how to do that. And most of the people that work for you, they're unfaithful people. They don't love you. They love the money that you give them. Do you have the capacity to deal with the problems of the thing that you're dreaming about? I said to a pastor now the other day, he's a young man, he reached out to me on social media. Now you know I've got a thing about people running around with titles that is not equipped. You've not labored enough in ministry and you're an apostle. I asked him this question. I said the reason why I don't, I don't walk around with titles because every title attracts a level of struggle and suffering. I said, I don't mind you taking whatever title you want. The question is, can you pay the price when the price has to be paid? Can you pay the price? You see, brother demons and apostolic demons are not the same demons. And you see, you don't have to have the title. But you, when you move apostolically like I did when I did the velodrome, it was an apostolic move for the city. Do you realize the kinds of attacks that I was under by my own brothers, my own friends? Listen, people that are supposed to love me, they attacked me. There was a spirit that I did not recognize. I've never seen it before in my life. It attacked my finances. It attacked my marriage. It attacked my family. It attacked my health. It attacked my sight. Are you ready for that? Brother Apostle, I'll say two things and I'm done. God says to Abram, Abram, I want you to take your son, your only son. And if you're not sure, the one that you love, I want you to take that son. And I want you to sacrifice him. I want you to sacrifice your son. I want you to kill your son. At this point, Isaac is a man. And he has a conversation with his father about the fact that his father is about to commit murder on him. And they take this journey up the mountain. They walk up the mountain. Knowing full well that the son that he labored for for 25 years is now about to kill. This, this very son that I for 25 years negotiated with God with, for 25 years, God had to tell me, look outside to the stars in the sky. Look at the sand on the seashore. Abram, my word is still. Abram made another, another suggestion. God said, I, I didn't change my mind about this. You're going to have the son. Now that you have the son, kill him. I want to help someone that I struck the first few deals. And those deals are about to die. God is faithful is the final authority because it is in God pastor Richard to give you something 
and ask you to kill it. Can you kill the thing that I gave you to do and you labored for it and you struggled? He says, now I want it back. And the reason why I gave you that son, it was a capacity building son. Now watch quickly. I'm not sure we're going to get done today. Remember the promise God made to Abraham. He says, you will be the father of many nations. Somebody say many nations. Abraham cannot even be the father of a son. God says, you're going to be the father of many nations. He says, I'm going to give you the first one as a seed. I'll give you the first one as a seed. I want many nations out of you. But I'm going to give you this one. Let me see if you've got the guts to give him back to me. I see prophetically in this house, there's people that's standing at a place right now in your life where you're about to give up something that you've prayed for and cried for. And I hear God says, I am faithful. I'm the final authority. If I tell you to do a thing, I need you to do it. And if I ask it back to kill it, allow me to kill it. Because the thing that you have right now, Prince, I hear the Lord say prophetically, the thing that you have right now is just the seed. It is the overture. I'm starting you on that thing. The struggles and everything. He says, it's been there to build your capacity because what I'm about to do, no eye have seen and ear heard and mind know. Watch quickly. I want to teach this morning. I want to teach this morning. Abram goes up on the one side of the mountain. On the other side, there's a ram going up. What must Abram go do? Abram must go sacrifice. So let me explain something about sacrifices to you. In the Levitical religious order, or in the Abrahamic religious order, or the order of Melchizedek, when you bring, when you make a sacrifice, you take a lamb. Somebody say a lamb. Say it one more time. When wars are fought, when they fight wars and they take over nations, they sacrifice a ram. That's why when they anointed kings, it wasn't out of a kudu horn, it was out of a ram's horn. And the ram's horn would speak for itself. When David was anointed, they didn't open up the horn. The horn didn't open up when it was the wrong person because the horn spoke. On the flags of many nations back then, you would see either a picture of a ram's horn or a ram's head because it was a national sacrifice. Abram goes up the mountain to do a worship service. God says, Abram, the capacity of your gift is not a worship service. The capacity of your gift is to build nations. What you would have, remember, remember what Isaac said to his, his father. He says, Father, here's the fire, here's the wood. Where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? They get up there. Abram is going to sacrifice his son as a lamb for worship. And God says, Abram, this is no worship sacrifice. This. 
This is a sacrifice for the nation. He said, look up, Abram. The Bible says in the thicket there was a ram. It was a sacrifice to take over nations. It was a sacrifice to conquer nations. He said, when the price was right, he said, you were ready to become the father of many nations. I don't know who I came to preach to today, but you've paid a price. And you said, God, the price that I paid was so heavy. It was so hard. Why do I do what other people do? And God, why do I struggle twice as hard as they do? And God said, don't worry. I'm about to replace your lamb with a ram. You were going to sacrifice and have church with me. But I'm ready to make you the father of many nations. I wish there was a little church that could shout amen in this place. Shout yes, somebody. Shout yes, somebody. It is your pain that produces capacity. Can you imagine the conversation between the father and his son when he's about to be obedient to God and kill his son? Can you imagine the pain? And maybe some tears, and every drop of tear was another nation that Abram was going to have under his belt. He said, I've seen your tears. I came to speak to somebody in this church. You've been crying for a long time. And I hear the Lord says, I've seen your tears. He says, I've seen your tears. I've seen you crying. When nobody sees you crying, I've seen you cry. But he said, don't worry, son. I'm, I'm not going to get you out of this. I'm going to make a way for you to endure this thing. I'm going to build a stamina in you that you didn't even know existed inside of you. I will build a spirit man in you that, that my God, no devil in hell, no angel in heaven will be able to change what I'm about to do in your life. Son, I've seen your tears. I've heard your crying. I've seen your laboring but your labor has not been in vain you've been praying for me to get you out of this but I kept you in this thing because I'm building something inside of you for a future that you have not even seen yet somebody shout yes what's the time 12 I'm gonna finish okay what kind of God would use a person up. I went through so many surgeries in one year. I mean, if it wasn't the eye, it was the stomach. They probed me from the bottom up, from the top down. They cut with lasers and stuff. Then it was the eye was out. They took the eye out, did an operation, injected silicon in the eye, lost vision, got it back, lost it again, got it back, surgery after surgery, failure after failure. And I'm saying, God, I've given you everything. How dare you use me up and throw me away like this? And I found out Amy was pregnant. I was in a bad space here. And I call my grandson Zoe, which is the male version of Zoe, which means life. And one night I phoned Amy and I said to Amy, Man, I just, I just hope the next operation fails. I'm ready to go. I'm serious. 54 years old. I checked out emotionally. Checked out of life. Please something. Checked out of life. I did not have a fight left in me. And I had this conversation with my daughter. And I said, Amen, I'm tired. I said, I had enough. 
I said, I don't know if it's the devil or if it's something I did. But I have no strength. I can't fight anymore. It's after Hilton. I said, there's no fight left in me. And he said to me, Dad, I've got a child growing in me that needs you. If you never do ministry again in your life, this child needs you. And that day in my head, I called him so because he gave me life. But you know, I spent this three months with him. And it's like God has bundled this child with a prophetic touch that I still don't understand until today. And it's in that time that God said, how strong do you feel now? And I didn't realize just like Samson's hair grew back, my hair grew back. It grew back. And being as a stupid faith person as I am, without talking to anyone, I designed the first KRC pamphlet, and with no money, I sent a letter out to Bishop Jake's office, and they said, Bishop's been waiting for you to call him back. And then it was favor after favor. And the fear that I had was gone. The fear, the fear that I had was gone. It was gone. God said to me, now I've built you for the next level of your life. And I said to the Lord, I'll tell you this. But I'm to God. I had Malika on my chest and I, we both fell asleep and I had a dream. Before I went to sleep, the Lord said to me, if I ask you to do something, will you do it? And I'm talking to my grandson, like I'm having a conversation with you today. And I said, Malika, tell God, I'll do anything he wants me to do. I'm ready. I'm ready. And I had a dream that we're in Cape Town Stadium. And the place is packed out. I woke up in tears, Pastor Debbie. I was shivering. God said to me, do you remember what you said to me a few minutes ago? I said, God, if you do the money, I'll do the thing. I'll tell you this. You know, the book of Revelation says, and and God will wipe away every tear from your eye. And sometimes we see Revelation as an apocalyptic book. It's a book of the end time. But it's very prophetic for now. You see, God don't wipe tears with tissues. He wipes tears with promise. He said to you, that thing that you were crying about? He said, yeah, let me wipe your tear with the result of that thing. And it takes care of all of that stuff. I've come to, I, I, I've got more, I've got more stuff, but I feel this is where we need to end. Whatever you have gone through or you're going through, the text says, God is faithful. It said he's faithful. He won't let you escape. Don't look for the escape door. Look for the endurance door. 
I don't want to get you out of this. I want to get you out of the fear of this. Friends, you're going to walk to the next deal. Like nobody knows. Some of you are going to walk to the next thing in your life without fear. Because here's the thing. Do you know how many cars they repossessed from me? I was in Durban and I went to Aston Martin. I just looked at a couple of cars. But just four and a half million. And I'm talking to this guy like I'm buying the car. And the way I was dressed, he thought that I was buying the car. You know, I, I, I look like a wealthy coolie when, I, when I'm in Durban. <laughs> hey boss, don't you worry, buddy, buddy. It's all good, it's all good. We'll make it happen. 50% down, three miles to go, boss. 15 minutes. <laughs> Listen, and I talked to this guy. And this guy wants to get the papers for me. Because what, what has happened through my years of trauma, I'm starting to look the part that God wants me to be. He was serious about drawing up the papers. He says, uh, when would you like to take delivery? I walked out there. I said, don't you worry, buddy, buddy. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. We're okay. Not now, next time. 15 minutes later. You're starting to look the part of what you're becoming. There's no growth without pain. There's no pain without loss. And you will never know your capacity until you've seen your tears. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much, God. Thank you that you are faithful. You do not disown yourself. You won't drop us. You won't dump us. Even in times that it seems like we're at the end of the line, God. You are still a way maker. We've tried to escape this experiment, God. This experience, God. But you kept us in it. Because you wanted to build something great in us. And we thank you for that. I want to pray for someone today, right where you are, if you want to stand, that says, listen, man, I have a better understanding now, but I'm still going through something. Pray with me that God would show me the escape of endurance in the situation so I don't run away from it. If that is you, quickly stand, and I want to pray with you, and then I'm going to go off. Amen. Lift up both your hands, Father. Come and lift it up. And I want you to surrender the space that you're into him. Take the space that we're in. Take the trial that we're in. Take the difficulty that we're in. Take the mess that we're in, God. Take the trauma that we're in. And we surrender it to you just like Abram came to surrender the son, the only son, the son that he loves. We surrender these things to you, God. We've started to make an obsession about our issues, God, but we release it to you today. And I pray today, oh God, that out of heaven, you would look down on this church today and work in everyone's heart and their spirit and their soul and help them to find the place of endurance. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Come on, clap hands to the Lord.